Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 249. There's there's some significance there, I'm sure, 249. This is September 4th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And from the other side... Of this great province, well, the middle of the province, center of the universe, center of the known universe, center of Canada, as always. It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association, back in Toronto after a quick trip to Chicago this week, and uh, enjoying our uh, the last few days of summer. Are you kidding? This is this is like summer, summer. I know it's awesome. I wonder if this is not one of the best summers for weather that I, that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like we, we had a rainstorm the other day and I, I was saying like, cause we traveled all of August, right? But when I was saying that this is the first real knock them down thunder and lightning storm we've seen this summer. We've seemed to have missed the, them all while we were traveling, but I don't remember a better summer. Maybe, maybe that's just because I'm Canadian and I'm so in love. Yeah, with no, summer. It's, it's been good. The weather's been good. And, and it's like one of those summers where I actually didn't travel too much. So I got to hang around and enjoy a lot of it. And it was good. Do you still like yeah. it? Does your family still like it? Exciting. So yeah, they love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we we always the tradition here in in, in my uh, family is uh, this this weekend coming up, we always end the uh, the summer by going to the Canadian National Exhibition and the air show and all that stuff that goes on. And um, so that tells you school is going to start. That's yeah, it. it it does. And and uh, we were talking about this before, but your kids are excited about going back to school. Well, Megan is. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's less so. <laughs> it's a typical guy, right? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> eh. Yeah, I have one son who is just a kind of straight face. Won't won't really tell me whether or not he's excited. But the other one is that it's his favorite day, favorite day of the year. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I, we we've spent the last two months kind of uh, methodically undoing the damage that other children do to your kids, right? Which is bad habits, breaking all that kind of stuff. And and I think that. Like we had a moment, you know, when a, break, a fever breaks and you have that, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and your fever's broken and you feel immediately great. Like I think yeah. two days ago, we had that moment with both of the kids where we're like, we broke them, we broke them, yes! And there's two days left of summer, right? And now they're going to go back and start relearning all those bad habits. <laughs> it's getting harder. It's getting harder to, to adjust their minds as they age. There you go. Yeah. So, Con, uh, so that's it for the summer. Then you, you start to uh, you start to travel again. Yeah, the big travel is coming up. Um, gone pretty much every week for the next, I don't know, eight or nine weeks somewhere, oh it God. seems. Um, yeah, starting uh, this week, I've got a, a quick little trip um, that uh, I'm just going out to do a, a little one-day thing at a retail conference. Uh, later in the month, there's uh, FS Tech, which is a big one, uh, September 27th to 29th. Uh, in Washington, D.C., that is the uh, big food service industry tech conference, uh, doing a cool panel out there with guys like Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, folks like that. So that'll be kind of uh, kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, October is just around the corner, the end of October, where we have uh, Retail Loco. Retail and, Loco, uh, October yeah. 22nd, 23rd. Yeah, and confirmed a couple more speakers this week. Uh, Mario DiPrizio from Sears, I think, will be joining us, as will Jim Waltz from Alliance Data. So those are the guys who power all the branded store credit cards. So we're going to be talking a little bit about loyalty and cards and things like that. So that's kind of cool. 
You know, so this is, uh, how, how are things going with that? This is a full slate, right? Uh, always have such a great time at Retail Loco. I was talking to somebody just a couple of weeks ago about this, is that they're asking, like, well, should I go to Retail Loco? I said, well, is your, is your customer base in the retail industry? I mean, why wouldn't you go to Retail Loco? Yeah. Um, and now there's no reason not to. I swear to you, there's no reason not no, to. No, there's, there's tons of stuff. And there's still, like, we've probably got another half dozen great brands that uh, we're just waiting for like PR people to approve them speaking and things like that. So it's, uh, it's going to be a very exciting, uh, great lineup of speakers this year. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then, then you're gone, right? Then you're, then you're out there evangelizing for the industry again, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, man. I just don't know how you do it. You know, someone's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. Someone's got to do it. So. You know, um, what else is good? Is that it? That, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Man. God. I don't need to say anything about baseball because nothing's changed mm. from last week. God, a week has gone by and the Yankees are still in second place. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have yeah. to talk about it. That's it. Just leave it at that. We do not have to talk about it. But um, I, uh, I I have spent uh, quite a bit of time um, with my um, with all the Blue Jays paraphernalia that I can I can find and, and burning it um, with, with the witch doctor. So don't, don't you worry. There you go. The plight will be over, right? It's okay that they make the playoffs. And it's okay that uh, you know that they come in at the wild card spot. It's not the division because I don't like that one game wild card playoff. But uh, I was saying that uh, boy, would I ever love to see a Toronto KC first round, and then a Toronto Yankees American League Championship Series. Like that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. And then the Yankees play the Cardinals in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Not that thing. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the actual show. Now. All right, we have uh, five great uh, stories that we're going to just uh, industry stories that we're going to talk about. We have a great guest in Wojciech Huck, uh, who from uh, Nomadic. Is it Nomadic Uno? Yes. All right, man, I'm like on a roll already. Yeah. And then uh, some uh, quick uh, hits from member news. There's five items in the member news. Like this is we're going to be back up to two hour shows in a second here, aren't we? <laughs> two and a half hour shows. No, no, we'll keep it down. All just for your uh, for your health, right? So if you're going out running, it's not 30 minute runs anymore. We're just gradually getting up to 35 minutes, 38 minutes. This Gotta is good ease, for you. Ease it up. Yeah. yeah, it is. So I guess I get to uh, get to kick this off as you with the first story. This is, I don't know how to classify the story. And sometimes I say this because I'm just not really sure where to begin with this. This is a, um, an, um, a, a Hong Kong-based carrier. It's the fourth largest Hong Kong-based carrier called Smart Tone. Smart Tone. And they are Smart Tone Telecom. And they're coming out with something called the KISS app, which I'm not really sure. I, like, I just don't, I don't even know how to describe this other than they are looking at this as a, as a launch of um, a service, a marketing service for retailers um, that encompasses quite a bit of stuff. So this is the they're the fourth largest carrier actually, and the the Smartone CEO, um, his name is Douglas Lee, uh, said that basically they need time to explain the system, which is why I struggle with this. Uh, and they need to they need to describe it and explain it to their customers before they get it and then they adopt it, which is a big alarm for me when I hear this. So. This is, they said that, Lee said that several years ago, literally, this is what he said. And I got to say that Lee is also an outgoing CEO. I think his last days are very numbered. So, I, I, you know, this whole story smells really fishy to me. But he said that several years ago, the management team asked what could be a bigger proposition in an adjacent market away from the traditional carrier services uh, that would broaden its revenue potential. And the KISS platform is the result of that deliberation. Several years years ago is when they started talking about this. And I, I find that amazing that it's taken several years to come up with when I would consider the most buzzword laden um, description of a service. So 
It is, the new platform is designed to appeal to both consumers and to retailers. It offers data about themselves, each one to the other. It also is open uh, to subscribers uh, of other operators. So this is basically a platform that has no bearing and no value proposition um, because it's available to everybody. So it, it, has, um, it has everything. It's a marketing platform, a proximity-based marketing platform that, um, that uses Bluetooth and BLE, um, uh, you know, beacons that it is enabled in the system. It also uh, is a payment platform that does uh, RFID payments as well as um, tap-and-go payments. It is a Awards people for their purchases. It does everything, like everything in the imaginable that you can think of in a platform. It does it. So I, I'm, I'm just not even sure what to do. It's, it's, it's cross-platform on iOS and Android. It, it all banks are supported. All payment systems are supported. And I guess that's what they say. It's like they're keeping everything simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, but this I see confuses the crap out of me because I'm not really sure what it is and how innovative it is. And it took yeah. several years and to come up with. How do you sell it? Right. I mean, when something's got so many features and capabilities and everything else i mean like how do you actually like it's like it's like microsoft excel right like there's yeah. you know it's got like 600 things it can do and people use three uh, uh, yeah right? and because you don't i don't know how to use the rest of them but yes yeah. like the things that it says is like oh yeah we do nfc okay nfc payments is great but it also does ultrasound technologies for payments well okay so it does all of that and and manages everything and shares data with everybody and and like, what is that? And oh, by the way, they, they, they say, oh, we're not a payment system. We're a marketing platform. So push uh, and pull and proxy. What? So this is a perfect example. I, I think that, that it's just a CEO that's that's leaving and he says, <laughs> what forever, whatever circumstance, but <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this mess and carry on. There you go. All so right. Well, smart tone. Smart tone. God. Telecom. It's not Kiss It's that. not simple. Cool. Yeah. Not. Not. Okay. All right, back across the pond to our home turf here in Canada, where uh, IKEA uh, has stepped up this year. Uh, every year around this time of year, IKEA launches their uh, iconic uh, catalog uh, for the season, the old print catalogs that we like to browse through and decide, you know, how we're going to redecorate, you know, our uh, kids' uh, dorm rooms as they go off to uh, college or university or whatever we're going to do. Um, so. Uh, to make that a little bit different this year in terms of the distribution of the catalogs, uh, IKEA has, is, is sending around a, uh, a series of vending machines that are Twitter activated across the country. So you push a button and you get a pin code uh, that they tweet uh, that they want you to tweet uh, to the at IKEA Canada um, handle and the grab life by the catalog hashtag. And when you do this, when you tweet to the to the machine, uh, basically generating social uh, aware, you know awareness for them and for their campaign, the machine will then spit out gift cards with values of up to two hundred and fifty dollars, food vouchers uh, for the IKEA restaurants and other prizes, as well as obviously get give you access to the latest catalog. Uh, so this is uh, started on uh, August the twentieth, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, right here in Toronto at the Toronto Eaton Centre, the largest uh, shopping mall. Uh, in uh, in this part of the uh, country, and uh, it's roaming around to 12 different cities, including Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Montreal. I assume Ottawa's in there too, Rob. I don't know, um, but uh, kind of cool, kind of interesting way to drive some social awareness uh, around the brand, and uh, you know, through Twitter, and at the same time, you know, give people a little bit of fun by you know 
giving them uh, gift cards and uh, and other prizes. So there you go. I like that. I don't know if it's coming to Ottawa. Nothing ever comes to Ottawa. Well, you never. It know. skips over Ottawa. Yeah. It's like everything skips over Ottawa. Like sometimes planes just <laughs> land in Montreal, and they say, "Oh yeah, we were destined for." Oh, oh right, right, right. Doesn't yeah. Matter. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. I like that IKEA is uh, IKEA Canada is giving that a try here. I, I'm not sure. You know, do you, you? How often are you on Twitter these days? Are you a Twitter guy still? A fair bit. Yeah. Like I, 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 I'm much more now of a lurker. I try to, you know, find more information than than contribute because I found that, you know, even I, I would come up with the most creative tweets in the world, Twitter posts, and, yeah. and they would just get passed by. Right. Hmm. I need to be heard. Yeah. It, it, it's insulting when people people don't. You hear know. You know. Hopefully, a few people hear you from this show, Rob. Do you hear me? Yeah. All right. Well, well some yeah. can hear and some can't see. Exactly. That's a good, nice. See if you, transitions, man. 249 episodes. Yeah. The transitions are great. Yeah, this is our third story. It's around a, a, um, an app called Sea Light App. Uh, and if you, you can just go to sea light. I think it's sealight.hungryboys.ru. And uh, I'm going to play a video here that kind of describes it very, very effectively, better than I can do in, in a shorter period of time. So watch this video, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to have a good conversation around what this means and how they do it. So here is the Sea Light App project. Have you ever tried moving around in total darkness? What about crossing the road in the center of a sprawling metropolis when you can't see a thing? Probably not. But we think you can imagine just how hard it is for visually impaired and blind people to navigate a bustling city. Now imagine that all the traffic lights in the world, on every street and avenue, were fitted with audible signals. That would be really fantastic. Yet today, that's anything but achievable. Unfortunately, even in this age of innovation and robots, only 10% of traffic lights are equipped with tactile paving and audible signals for visually impaired and blind people. Moreover, not one of them has its own GPS tag. That's why, to continue our work on youareblind.com, we have created SeaLight, an application to help you see traffic lights all around the world. We made two versions of the application, SeaLight and SeaLight Blind, while always following guidelines set by the All-Russia Association for the Blind. How does it work? The application has open API, which means that public authorities all over the world can share data on traffic lights in every district, city, and country. That way, all traffic lights get tagged on the map and are no longer invisible. Anyone who downloads the app can help the cause too. And in just a few actions, when you get to a traffic light, you can mark it on the map and add a brief description, the duration of the green and red lights, and whether or not the traffic light is fitted with a tactile pavement or an audible signal. All of this information will then appear on the map in the version for the visually impaired. Voice navigation will help determine direction and distance to the nearest crosswalk. Now imagine that every traffic light in the world had a GPS tag, and that even in complete darkness, you could still hear the signal. Sea Light, an application to help navigate the city and avoid the dangers. which I love when when websites do Asif when they do videos that are just all sound and text on the screen it's very awkward when when uh, you know a good portion of you guys out there listening do this in audio so I'm glad that they actually describe what it is there you go and uh, so I just have one question is that how do you know and maybe those folks at Sea Light can answer this question is that how do you know how where you are in the sequence of lights so if if you've got the app that allows you to punch in like you contribute to this so you say listen I'm at this corner whatever bank and, and first avenue and uh and there's a light here and the light um does not have any sounds audible sounds but it does it, it has you know the the right pavement so that you know when you're on and off the off the street 
And uh, but uh, you know, and in the last forty-five seconds, how does the how does the person who is uh, impaired actually know where they are in the cycle of the lights? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. they know that there's only twenty-two seconds of uh, you know green light left? That's my question. Is that yeah. is that just based on well, what? I'm assuming they're going to use some sort of haptic piece, right? Well, they have to, but but it's more like so like they, they use an audio cue, right? So it'll say like, hey, you know, the light is green, go. Um, but that's fine. But then say I get there mid light, right? So I arrive at the corner and I can't see and it's green in my direction. But how do I how does how does the app know that there are only seven seconds left of the mm. green light? Right. That yes. That's a weird thing to me because I don't know how they do that. So I'm just interested in, in understanding because it could be green. It could be saying it's green. It's green. It's green. Bam. Well, it, it's no longer green when I'm two thirds of the way across the street. Right. Uh, there so. you go. Yeah, um, I, whatever. I mean, I don't know how they do it either, but it's uh, it's awesome that they are. Yes. Um, and I love the name of this. The agency, yeah. the Hungry Boys. Hungry Boys. Hungry Boys. I mean, it's great. They. Yeah. They, yeah. they do this, and 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 this is the kind of altruism that um, that ultimately we should all be contributing to. All of us should be contributing to. But here's another idea. What if you um, had this in your car, right? So you know, you know, this is one of the things is that instead of handing it to humans that are walking, put it in people's cars because they hit more stoplights all the time, right? So mm -hmm. if uh, you could have that option that says, listen, if you're at a stoplight, automatically cue that this is a stoplight, right? And then you could, you know, you could do that automatically, collect that data instead of having humans out there trying to scour. Well, yeah. And so so that, I think that creates the opportunities to kind of pair it up with some of these other things, right? So there's, you know, the apps we've talked about over the years where uh, people in their cars are tracking, you know, when they're hitting uh, uh, potholes in the road and getting right. that data into the yeah. city. I saw another one came out uh, last week for bicycles to do that. Uh, and feed data into the city. So, you know, pair these things up uh, together and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got way more data. I love that. Um, so, yeah. And it awesome. easy, easily, I mean, the, the key thing for all of these things, if you're going to be collecting data, it has to be collect easy to collect and it has to be often passive data or else people will forget. Because <laughs> there's that initial inertia that you and then you download the app and then you've got this buzz you're going to do it and then like three days later you've forgotten it and you delete it so it needs to be automatic so we talked about cars and in dash stuff like so that dash app that i use we talked about this a couple of weeks ago um around car analytics why not do add that as a feature of car exactly. analytics to feed into this so yeah, yeah. all right very good c light app project all right our fourth story is actually two funding updates uh i've rolled into this First is a company called Area 360. They've raised three and a half million dollars, a Series A uh, round, um, and this is a, a Seattle-based group, I believe. Uh, and the money's coming from Madrona Venture Group, um, which uh, specializes in uh, large venues, airports, hospitals, and museums. So, uh, it's a beacon company that is not going after the retail sector, but going after you know some other markets that I think are underserved in many ways. And uh, you know they've been around for a while. They've already got 400 customers worldwide, including Emirates Airlines, uh, the Seattle Tacoma International Airport, Smithsonian, uh, and the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco, just to name a few. So three and a half million dollars to kind of grow what they're doing and um, you know take it, uh, you know make some more hires and take it further. The second funding update uh, is uh, over to uh, Indonesia where there's a startup uh, called Yogurt, and that's spelt Y-O-G-R-T. Uh, it's a location-based social network uh, platform. They've raised $3 million uh, from Centurion Private Equity and Linear Ventures. Um, 
This is a uh, an app uh, that is owned by a Singapore-based uh, company called Kongco Digital, and uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, the guy who leads this company, Jason Lim, uh, is a well-known guy in the region. He uh, is the former uh, managing director of Acer uh, in Indonesia, and he's partnered up with uh, a few other big uh, powerhouse guys uh, in the region to put this uh, this yogurt company together, and it's quickly. Uh, Accelerated its top ten uh, in, on the charts in Indonesia and in the uh, the app stores and the in the Play Store and and uh, things like that. So it's exploded uh, in a very very short time frame. They only launched this uh, last year. It's got over half a million uh, users already, um, and they they basically want the capital to expand further into Southeast Asia and Hong Kong um, uh, throughout this year and early into next year. Um, and one of the cool things about this the social platform here is is that there's a big gamification element to it. So it, it uh, uh, they use things like uh, quizzes and games to get people to engage with each with each other. So they they mention things like uh, playing Have You Ever uh, over this social platform or uh, asking people uh, things like What type of boyfriend or girlfriend are you? Um, and you know, playing these kind of little quiz things, uh, and the demographic obviously is is in that age group you would expect to interact with something like that. Seventeen to twenty-four, they say. So there you go, uh, three million bucks for yogurt and three and a half million uh, dollars for Area Three Hundred and Sixty. Mm, yogurt, Greek yogurt. Mm. Yeah. No, well, I love that. Now that we have a third spelling for yogurt, Y O G R T. Yeah. Yeah, because in Canada we spell it differently than in, in the United States. We have an O and a U in there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, whereas the U.S. doesn't. All right, our uh, fifth story, uh, last of the industry news, is around giving blood. Now, I have spent, uh, I mean, you know, Springsteen still has tickets that are, that are uh, you know, uh, affordable to the average working man, I think. You know, like they're, like the best seats in the house when you buy tickets are like 80 bucks, right? So it's still very expensive back from the day, right? But mm -hmm. when you when you talk about like Madonna, you know, people were spending three or $400 for Madonna. The Eagles were charging up to $1,000, right? U2, same thing for that inner sanctum to be on the stage in those little seats for the last U2 concert. Um, so it might be like you're actually giving a pound of flesh in order to be able to go to see these concerts. Well, here's an innovative, innovative way to do it. How about giving blood? How about giving blood to go to a concert. How about giving blood to go to a concert, uh, not a concert, but a festival, a music festival in Transylvania. I freaking love this. It's awesome. This is so cool. You, you talk about just playing it up. Now, I don't know what the reaction was, uh, but this is literally what they did. This is the untold festival in uh, in Transylvania. This happened already. Um, what they did was they, they are at a point, a crisis point for people who are donating blood. They don't have enough blood donators to actually, um, you know, I think that less than 10%, 1.7%, um, it says, of the 20 million residents of the country donate blood. And they are always in constant shortage. So they said, hey, this is a pretty unique way to, to you know, get people to donate blood. Um, so they did this with Untold Festival. If you donated blood, you could either get a free ticket or a huge discount off a ticket. And it is pretty innovative from my standpoint. They um, they said that Adweek uh, said that on the first day f uh, of this offering, 45 people had already signed up online to donate. Nobody knows what the final tally was. They had 50, 53,000 people that went to the, uh, to the festival uh, between July 30th and August 2nd. 
And uh, I don't recognize any of the artists because none of them are called Bruce or Springsteen. Um, <laughs> but uh, David Guetta and a couple of others were, were there. And, and this it seemed like it was a four-day, great four-day run. Um, but this was really great. And not only that, the marketing of this, the posters that they put up around uh, around the, uh, the venue, Don't Suck, Donate, uh, Not Only Vampires Need Blood. This was... A, a complete marketing package. Now, this is something that, uh, you know, if you read uh, the Heath Brothers Make It Stick the book, mm. this is what they're talking about around how to turn something into something that makes makes uh, makes it easy to remember. You all, Everybody knows, whenever you say Transylvania, you think, you yeah. think. You think. You think of Dracula, and right? Dracula, and so I, yeah. uh, this, this is very well done. Uh, it can only work, I think, in Transylvania, right? Yeah, and they're obviously playing with the name of the festival being the Untold Festival yeah. with, you know, the movie that just came out, with, you know, uh, the Untold, Dracula yeah. Untold or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. It was well done. I mean, well done all around. Now, you know, I, I hate to see great ideas with lame outcomes. So hopefully this, this idea did not come with a lame outcome. Or maybe those 45 people that had signed up on that first day become, you know, lifelong donors. Now, I can't mm -hmm. donate because I had... Well, I'm sure it's hundreds at least I would I would well 53,000 people right yeah so yeah. I think that it, it's um you know maybe like one percent you know it'd be great yeah. if that if that yeah. if that was their conversion rate because only 1.7 percent actually donate of the 20 million residents there you but go I just uh, yeah way to go Transylvania awesome. Transylvania there untold go. music festival giving blood hmm. okay good story that's it so those are the five stories the industry news that we've been talking about those are all very interesting stories, uh, you know, and obviously varying degrees of interest. Some are head scratchers. Some are amazing. Uh, what was your news last week that you heard that was not in these top five stories? Reach out, rob at .tv or see at thelbma.com, and we will do what we can to actually put that in here. We've got limited space, so they better be good. Uh, see if you got to sit down with uh, Wojciech Huck. Who is the uh, who uh, is from Nomadic Uno? Uh, tell me about this. How was that? Uh, how did that go? Yeah, I just uh, did that earlier this morning, actually. Wow. Uh, so it's fresh, uh, very fresh. Had a chance to sit down with them earlier this week, uh, face to face, and uh, thought what they were doing was really interesting. And I, I said, you know, we got to get you on the show to come talk about this. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, the interview speaks for itself. So I'll let him talk, uh, and then I'll, I'll come back and and, uh, and close it up. But uh, yeah, uh, Wojciech Hawk, uh, founder and CEO of Nomadic Uno. Here you go. Well, it's that time of week where we get to have a special guest on the show. Uh, and this week, uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Wojciech uh, Hawk uh, from uh, Nomadic Uno. He's the founder and CEO of uh, this uh, very innovative, cool company. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so maybe uh, people who haven't heard of uh, your company yet, who are you guys? What do you do? Where are you based? What? Never heard of us? Just kidding. Uh, we are based in Toronto. We are a digital engagement uh, company. Where we really focus on providing relevant engagement in the right, the right time and right place. And we focus on uh, analytics very heavily. Okay. And uh, that's that's basically our being of being, uh, relevant engagement and analytics. Right, and and so the the space of uh, of indoor outdoor uh, location positioning, beacons, Wi-Fi, all that sort of stuff is obviously uh, becoming a little bit uh, crowded, uh, especially uh, for people who watch this show. They probably uh, hear about it all the time. 
But um, you, I think you have a rather uh, different take on it uh, based on that analytics and uh, position. Is, is there a particular market or problem that, uh, that you guys are, are trying to solve? Yes, we, we found three verticals, I think, that they really need this uh, technology more than anything else. So we focus on the trade shows and events, venues, as well as uh, extension of that would be uh, tourism and sports events. Uh, so we focus on providing uh, location-based services based on beacons and and whatever else, whatever other technology might come in in the future, and analyzing the data and providing those services to the clients. Right. And um, in a previous conversation you and I had, you had mentioned to me around the the idea of of you know big conferences, trade shows, uh, things like that. Um, you know, being able to help vendors who who have booths and things like that uh, at trade shows. Uh, understand who's there, uh, drive engagement and traffic uh, to their uh, to their stands. Um, you know, one of the things that that appealed to me in our in our conversation was, uh, you know, the the idea of gamification or or, or tying some kind of loyalty uh, pr- uh, engagement program to that model. Can you expand on that a little bit and share, you know, sure. why why you think that's an important piece? Sure. Well, if you give everybody a trade show, just to start with that. The biggest problem that I think vendors have being visible. There's thousands of people mailing around. It's sometimes hot, you know, unpleasant place to be, and yet they spend thousands of dollars trying to build a booth, get more visible. And as people go by, their challenge of the sales staff or whoever is in the booth try to get these people to engage with them some way, some level, spend some time with them. So what we build uh, our smart booth program that allows vendors to grab you as you go by uh, through our campaign manager allows you to uh, really engage them in a little different level, what is by giveaways. And also, we want to reward you for actually stopping by your booth. So the, the idea is that as you go by the booth, we, we, we figure out how much time you spend. And then based on that, we, we assume to some degree that how relevant your engagement was and reward you for it. And at the conference of the day, you can collect all your points. Um, then we can redeem them for whatever prizes and swag and everything else might be available at the conference. Smart. I think it's a great idea. I think you know, anytime you can tie some sort of game mechanics uh, into trying to drive engagement, uh, whether it's at, a, at an event or conference or, or in a store, or what, uh, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a good way to try and drive traffic and engagement. Um, now, when it comes to conferences and, and venues and, and, and these types of things, um, you know, I'm a guy who travels every week. I go to a lot of these things. Uh, I noticed that uh, over the last couple of years, there are a lot of apps uh, for these events that uh, are used for, you know, housing the, uh, the agenda for the conference, uh, housing the information on who the attendees are, um, and in some cases, even facilitating communications between attendees or booking meetings or things like that. Um, given that sort of there's this movement towards uh, you know having apps sort of be the, the center of um, engagement for a conference or an event like that, how do you interact with that? Are you um, approaching this as hey, we'll you know we can embed uh, our technology into your app? Are you saying hey, if you don't have an app, we can build one for you? What what's the strategy there? Well, our strategy is, is trifold. Number one, if they have an app and they're married within it and they think it's fantastic, we'll augment that app with our technology, which allows you to, to drop messages and interact on a different level. Uh, and at the same time, uh, you know, we don't want to impede on, on, on whatever they already have, which is kind of productive. 
Uh, if they don't have an app, we have a white label, uh, our own app, it's called OneApp, that essentially is fairly unique what it does, travels with you, changes depending what conference you are. So general idea was you don't have to download you know, disposable apps per show, but you have one. So what do we attempted with that uh, to, to a large degree of success to be able to help people prior to the event, during the event, and also after the event. Uh, so imagine if you're in, interested in automotive shows and mm -hmm. you have an app that pushes information to you way ahead of the show, allows you to uh, you know, interact with people that might be going, uh, you know, buy tickets and then be able to see what's going to actually happen in that show. And it serves you during the show and it sort of travels with you afterwards. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the flexibility of having that option, uh, I think, is important to, uh, to, to businesses today. So that's great. Um, maybe lastly, uh, Wojciech, sure. the, um, how do you see sort of the evolution of this market? You know, we've gone from, uh, you know, simply throwing some beacons around and using it on a purely analytics basis in some cases to kind of just look at where people are to, you know, trying to drive some real engagement and, and actually reward people uh, for, you know, going to certain places with the kind of loyalty uh, piece that you talked about. Um, you know, what's next? What's next for, for these types of venues or, or outdoor uh, festivals and events? Uh, how do you see the market evolving? Well, if I, if, I, if I think of an analogy, if you go to your local butcher, uh, not to be offended to the vegetarians out there, but if you go there, he knows your name. Who knows what you like? He'll, he'll engage you by telling you what the best spices, how you should cook your steak and everything else. That becomes, that becomes your value proposition for going to that place. So you can have that or you can have you know no name store that will just throw you a slab of steak and then you go on your own so what i'm saying is basically it's to, to us it's all about engagement technology is a secondary and as you know the market's moving very quickly there might be a host of other services we don't even know about mm. you know magnetics is coming in very hot and heavy you know wi-fi direct and so on so i think the engagement in the right space and the right place and the right time the right person is the key and how is, this, how is this engagement being executed with proper campaigns creative? So I think it's a huge, huge opportunity for companies such as ourselves and, and, and you know, esteemed uh, colleagues out there to, to be able to really focus, forget the technology, but focus on, okay, how do we engage people in the right time? Do we give them the value proposition that, that, that warrants them to giving up some of the personal information? What do they get in the right spot? So I think that's where industry is moving to more of a relevant uh, uh, engagement um, campaign driven. Very good. That, that's uh, ex ex exciting times ahead for us. I notice in the background there, uh, just as we close, I see two guitars. Uh, do you have a favorite artist or a favorite uh, uh, piece that you play? Or yeah, I, uh, I've been in music space uh, for a very long time. From from playing a band way back in Poland to writing oh. digital for EMI and many other ones, but. <laughs> I started in a punk band, so I used to play a lot of Sex Pistols covers. Uh -huh. yeah. I moved on to uh, you know blues music. So uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan probably would be my the ultimate guitar player. There you go. Well, that's good. I love Stevie Ray. Uh, awesome. Um, and uh, you probably hear if you watch the show on a regular basis, you hear uh, Rob talking about Springsteen all the time. So yeah, um, there you go. But. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes out of your day to, to, to uh, share with us. Again, for our audience, we've been chatting with uh, Wojciech uh, Hawk uh, from Nomadic Uno, uh, one of the great LBMA uh, member companies. Look forward to uh, uh, working with you and talking with you more uh, in the weeks and months to come. Thank you so much. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
I love like sort of like Area 360 today, right? I love when you hear about guys that are coming in the beacon space or you know in, in this in this uh, you know kind of category that aren't focusing on retail. It's so overdone. Uh, there's so many other opportunities, whether it's museums or in, in in the case of Nomadic Uno, they're going after the sort of conference and event uh, segment and and festival segment. Um, and doing those kinds of things because I think those are underserved markets and there's still a lot of opportunity. So, kudos to that. I I'm right there with I I really like that as well. Is that um, uh, you know certainly you want to you want beacons to be prominent, but they also the prominent is part of the fabric, right? That's that's what they want to be. So you, you don't want to notice them. You just want them to help and guide. And yeah. in retail, like you're really figuring out that that in retail, at least from my perspective. Putting a beacon and pushing messaging out to the consumer is the wrong approach, right? We're clearly seeing that where where I don't want that. It's too hard to to get that consumer to get to be a part of that beacon world and to accept this. And we know how tenuous the relationship is with direct messaging and push messaging, and and how quickly we are to just turn it right off. So so I like the fact that this is this is you know I think of beacons more as concierges, and I think that that's why these guys fit in very well. So um, yeah. And then when you say area, what was it? Area. Area 360. 360. I just think of area, area what 61 or 51. 51. Yeah, that's what I think of. I think of aliens, yeah. beacons yeah. and aliens. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Wojciech. Now, if you want to uh, find out more information about his company, you can go to nomadic.uno. Nomadic.uno. U-N-O. Nomadic.uno. Nomadic. How come we don't like? How come you don't have a dot lbma? I I don't know. God damn. We're gonna have to get on that. I think. Yeah. We just it would make it a lot easier to remember. Dot LBMA. Dot LBMA. All right, see if you have uh, some, uh, hey, like a laundry list of member news. So we got to get into this before we get over to our two hour uh, episode. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll cruise through this pretty fast. Right, First is uh, for a number of years now, we've partnered with Mondelez uh, on their mobile uh, futures, shopper futures programs, and promoting those out to our members to uh, kind of participate in. in uh, in trying to be selected as the uh, the companies that they're going to be piloting with, and they just announced this week uh, the latest winners of companies selected, and I went down the list and I'm like, wow, almost every one of these companies is uh, is an LBMA uh, member. So they've got Shelf Bucks has been picked, Freckle IoT, uh, Turnstile, Isle Labs, Isle 411, Airshot. It's all location based stuff. Um, so uh, there's quite a quite a list of uh, of LBMA companies. So I guess we're doing our job in driving traffic to uh, to the Mondelez Shopper Futures program. Uh, but I'm excited for our members that they they have that opportunity to go and work with some of the the world's uh, biggest brands. So that's uh, the Mondelez Shopper Futures uh, quick update. Second piece is uh, our friends at Unicast uh, have announced uh, that they've um, done a pretty cool project with Coca-Cola uh, over in uh, Norway. And uh, so basically, uh, over the last few months, um, people would go to, uh, to the movie theaters and uh, they would see, they would get an offer for, uh, for free Coke if they had the Norwegian uh, uh, app from VG. VG is one of the biggest uh, newspaper organizations. So if you have the news, the news app on your phone, uh, through that, um, you would get this offer for uh, free Coke. And uh, as we've talked about with Unicast before, there's beacons all over the place and things like that. But the beacons aren't being used necessarily to push uh, anything out to you. We're just using those to collect data, to um, the fact that you're going to movies and things like that. So it's this whole idea of online, offline, physical retargeting. And so what happens is they take that data, they store that data, and then later on, some maybe it could be a month later, you get an offer for a free movie ticket. Um, because we know in the past you've been to, to the movies. 
uh, based on the data that's being picked up by the BG app interacting with the, uh, the beacons that are in the theaters. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and then the third one, uh, our friends at Walgreens uh, in Chicago, um, it's, you know, they've had a pretty sophisticated app for some time. They're one of the first to deploy a full beacon network across all their stores. Uh, we've talked in the past about them working on uh, with uh, AL411 and doing the whole sort of AR stuff in the aisles and all, like, they're always trying stuff. But it's been a while since they did a, a kind of full redesign of their mobile app. And uh, one of the, the new things that's come out is, is what they're calling intelligent messaging. And this is the idea of when people have things that they need to remember, whether it's, you know, refill your prescription or whatever the case might be, they, they have this very sophisticated sort of back-end algorithm and this new piece in the app um, that uh, basically uh, surfaces uh, messages that you can simply click on and take an action with one click. So if it's refill prescription, it pops up on, on the home screen of your phone. So it's basically a home screen feature um, and you can simply say yes or no or whatever and it actually will automatically refill your prescription. This is interesting because it's a, it's a departure from sort of the industry norm of kind of doing, doing this idea of uh, having sort of branded mailboxes, if you will, where you have to go into the mailbox to find the notifications. This is actually, in certain cases, not for everything, they still have the mailbox, but things that they feel are really, really important and can, and can be answered with like just a quick yes, no, whatever, they pop it right onto the home screen. So that's intelligent messaging. So good innovation there. They call it a home screen widget. Um, uh, our fourth uh, piece of member news, our friends at InMarket, uh, also in Chicago uh, and, uh, and a number of other places, uh, they announced some data this week uh, saying that their beacon network uh, can now reach 40% of America's millennial moms. That is huge. Um, well, it's almost 40%. 38% uh, of the millennial generation mothers in the U.S. can now be reached by their beacons. Um, and they've, they've got data validated by Comscore saying that they've had 36 million monthly active users uh, visiting several thousand U.S. retailers uh, that they're connected to. So this is huge. I mean, if you want to reach millennial moms, um, you know, that's a big chunk of them right there that you can hit uh, in the U.S. market through a platform like this. So uh, there you go. Go take a look at InMarket. And lastly, millennial media. Big news this week coming coming down the pipe. It's been talked about for a while, but confirmed finally this week. For $238 million has been acquired by AOL, um, uh, well, AOL Verizon, I guess you could say now. Um, so there you go, $238 million acquisition of Millennial Media. That's my member news wrap-up. Uh, none. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, that is a huge deal. $250 million. $250 million. Several pieces of them are. Like, so like MapQuest, for example. Yeah. 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 Like that's a, AOL is just giant. Yes. Like they're just amassing, right? They should, they, but God, they got to change their name. Because it just, <laughs> all it does is evoke 1980s dialect. Yeah, it does, right? So. You've got mail. You've got mail. 
you've got mail. Hey, what do you think of the? Forget that, right? Well, I can't forget that. But it's like it's, it's like when you every once in a while in an old movie or so, or, or you'll see somebody like do something where you hear that pull little, out a BlackBerry that that little uh, um, dial-up tone fax machine sound. You've you got know? mail. Wait, wait, I gotta laugh on that a little bit because like like pull out a BlackBerry is what I said. Remember? Yes. That? Like, there you go. It's like oh yeah, because I think actually when I when I'm at the gym and I see a guy pull out the BlackBerry. And um, and I, like I actually hear that connecting sound, right? Because that's the BlackBerry connecting to the to the internet over the the phone lines. Get it, right? Like, yeah, pl- you got to plug it into the phone and jack and right. It's sad. And then it says you've got mail because it <laughs> logs into AOL because the BlackBerry. On that, because no. the BlackBerry's old. See what I'm saying? See, I, I got it. Okay, got yeah. I'm, You're old. It's old. I'm are you, old. Are, you at, are you out there laughing? Hopefully you guys are out there la- la- laughing at this. Yeah. All right, those are uh, the member news. Asif, way to go. That's like five. We've got 10 stories in there. A guest, uh, man, and witty banter. I think it's because we cut down on the sports talk, right? That's what allowed yeah. us to get through. Yeah, yeah you have anything we'll else to say? We'll be back to sports next week. Oh, oh yeah, we will. Because, again, I make this promise that the Yankees will overtake the Blue Jays in the in the standings, and then and then the, the confidence won't, won't be there, right, uh, mm. in the Jays? We'll see. Oh, my God. I, I despise the Blue Jays run right now. I'm sorry. I do. Because every time the Yankees win, the Jays win. What I will say is this much. So the, the Jays play the Baltimore Orioles this yes. weekend. That's the series. And if, if we ever had a rivalry going uh, between Toronto and somebody, it, I would have to say it's probably Baltimore right now. You think now. so? Really? More well, so because than Because of all, the, all that's gone on where, you know, the, there's the Darren O'Day throwing the ball at Jose Batista, you know, over and over again, yeah. trying to hit him in the head. And then Jose responding by hitting home run every time. And then you've got That's a good like response, though. You know, the Manny Machado uh, piece going on. There's all these like guys like where there's this like bickering and fighting. And there was an incident with Josh Donaldson um, uh, when he was with Oakland and Baltimore, and now he's here. So I don't know. It's it, you know there's animosity with uh, individual players uh, on on that team. So uh, in Toronto uh, this series, I'm gonna be. Did I tell you I'm gonna be in Toronto tomorrow? It's just Saturday. I'm gonna be in Toronto tomorrow. It's just we're no. No. Price. I know. Well, I mean, come on. Like, you know, do you know what it's like to get a hotel room in Toronto, let alone a, a baseball ticket to the Jays? Yeah, but that's because people want to come here. It's not like they're like <laughs> Ottawa. Like, Ottawa that's right. that's like where they don't even send a Twitter vending machine <laughs> from Ikea. <laughs> they, just, they fly over Ottawa and say, okay, that's just Ottawa. Just keep going. All right. Anyhow. All right, see, uh, that We're was done. 249. I can't believe, I, you know, 250 is, a, I think, a pretty significant episode, don't you think? It is. It is. I don't know. Something. 250. We could dance or something. I don't know. We will be back next week for 250, 250. Um, until then, have a safe week. Asif, enjoy your little uh, your little travel out of the city and uh, go Yanks. Got anything else to add to that? No, I'll leave it alone. All right. <laughs> Let the play speak for itself. Folks, we will see you next week. Have a good one. Later.